morning, everyone. Uh, last week, I, uh, I started by getting us to think about what we were wearing, our, our clothing. Today, I want us to think about our shape. Now, if, if last week was dangerous and risky, then what I've just suggested is probably complete madness, really, really stupid. And some of you are trying to work out, can I make a run for it? But please, please don't, because although we are going to think about the shape of you, and this has got nothing to do with Ed Sheeran, uh, th this is not about our physical shape, you'll be glad to know. It's about something else entirely. Now, next week, uh, for those who have been following this series, next week we're, we're going to pick up where we left off last week in, in Ephesians. Although today is not totally unconnected or unrelated, as I'll explain in a moment, but as, and Brian has kind of touched on this, but as we begin this new church year, and as lots of opportunities present themselves, and lots of people volunteer, and lots of people are invited to volunteer and get involved, I wanted to think again about the importance of serving God and serving others here at Windsor and beyond these walls. So this is going to be a little different from usual. I'm not going to park on one particular Bible text, but I do want us to go back to Ephesians 2 and, and to one of those kind of immense statements that we as a church have been looking at regarding our identity as Christians, our true ID. Here is the entire list that we have brought together from Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3, the first half of that letter. But it's the last one on the screen that I want to draw attention to. That I am, that we are, that you are God's masterpiece. You are his handiwork. You are God's work of art. I mean, it's an incredible truth and thought. But let me show you the entire quote or the entire verse. And I know many of us are familiar with it. It's Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork or his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Each of you sitting here this morning has been uniquely designed. Someone has written this, you are not an assembly line product, mass produced without thought. You are a custom designed, one of a kind, original masterpiece. Is that how you feel this morning? You want to turn around to the person beside and say, you are a work of art. Do you want to do that? No, don't. Don't do it. You have been, and I mean, this, this is just, this is explicit Bible teaching. You have been fearfully, and some of you are really damned to do that, aren't you, actually, this morning? <laughs> uh, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't that what David gratefully recognized in Psalm 139? I've been fearfully and wonderfully made. So we have been created. We are unique. We have been designed. We have been shaped, but we have been shaped for a purpose. And that is, according to the Apostle Paul, as he writes to the saints in Ephesus, to do good works. Or in a different translation, another way to look at this, to do works of service that God has prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, we have been created to serve. 
plus as people who have chosen to follow Jesus, as many of us have, we simply must serve. Jesus made it very clear that he did not come to be served, but he came to serve. Jesus was the ultimate servant who lived beyond himself. And as people, and again, many of us here can acknowledge this, as people who claim to live in God, the Bible explicitly again teaches that if we claim to live in God, we must walk, we must live as Christ lived. Our attitude, says Paul to the church in Philippi, our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And one of the key aspects of that revolves around our willingness to serve, to become servants. So we have been created to serve. We've been created to do these good works of service. And we are to model an attitude and a life of service as we follow Jesus. But let's get back to the shape of you. Now, I realize we are all different. Some of us are very different. But we are. And so, for example, some of us are really outgoing. Others, not so much. Some of us cannot wait until coffee time. Others can't get out that door quick enough. Some of you seem to be wired in certain ways for doing certain things. Some of us love to roll our sleeves up and get involved and stuck into a project. Others find it far easier to get alongside people. We're different. And to help us think about how we're different, and I want us to think about five factors that I hope this morning will encourage and help you to discover where you should serve, to discover how you should serve. In other words, what I want to do is look at five ways God has shaped you to serve. And to help us remember these five factors, we're going to use a simple acrostic, S-H-A-P-E, shape. Now, before we dive into this, and I'm not going to speak for as long this morning, but before we dive into this, let me make it abundantly clear that I did not come up with this, Okay. I am not that clever, okay? But I do think, I do think this is a brilliant way, brilliant way of helping us think about how God shapes you and I for service and ministry. So let's begin with S. S stands for spiritual gifts. You have been gifted to serve. So the question I want to ask this morning, it's a question I've asked before, the question I want to ask this morning is, what is your gift? Or what are your gifts, and how are you using them to serve God and others? Now, for those who were here on the 2nd of July, whenever we looked at Ephesians 4, verses 7 to 16, this should ring a few bells. I really hope it does. Because based on that text, we recognize that according to Paul, each one of us, there's no exception clauses, there's no exception cases. Each one of us has been given grace gifts, spiritual gifts, in order to enrich the life of others and serve the body of Christ. And note, they are grace gifts. We don't earn them. We don't deserve them. Nor do we choose them. Because as Paul writes elsewhere, it's the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, if you were here during the summer when we looked at and learnt, 
Romans 12. You'll hopefully remember, sorry if you're visiting, that'll make nothing but those. You'll hopefully remember verses 6, 7, and 8. What did it say in that text? We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you, no exception, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Why? To serve others. So we, every Christian sitting here this morning, every disciple, every follower of Jesus has been gifted to serve. Now the gifts referred to in the New Testament are are varied and wide ranging. We've already mentioned some of them, we've quoted some of them from Romans 12, but as you read the different New Testament letters like Romans, like 1 Corinthians, like 1 Peter, like Ephesians, you discover some 20 plus gifts. And although a few of them are debatable, they're even controversial, and they're the ones that often hijack the conversations around this subject, as I said back in July. I do not want us to be distracted from the key issue. And the key issue is this, that each of us, without exception, has been gifted. Not for our own personal satisfaction, not for our reputation, but to serve. And to play our essential part in building up the body of Christ. The church. There is no such thing as an ungifted Christian. They are part of the shape of you. Now, I don't want to get too sidetracked on this, the first letter. But I am aware that spiritual gifts can sometimes and tragically cause trouble in the church. So some people are nervous of them, full stop. Some people are suspicious and anyone who claims to have them. Some people expect everyone to have certain gifts. Some people compare theirs to others and are envious and are jealous of how others seem to be so much more gifted than they are. Some people think that they are more spiritual if they have certain gifts or that they're missing out if they don't have certain gifts. And on and on it goes. And all I want to say, and I simply need to quote Scripture, when it talks about spiritual gifts, all I want to say is this. As I say, this is written into the context of talking about spiritual gifts. There are different kinds of service in the church, but it is the same Lord we are serving. It is all about Jesus. And the minute we lose that, We were created, says Paul, in Christ Jesus. The focus has got to stay on Jesus. We've got to keep him at the center of our lives, at the center of this church. And therefore, rather than allow these kind of issues to distract and divide, we must keep the main thing, the main thing, which is serving the Lord as he intended, as he has called us to do, and as he has equipped us to do. S stands for spiritual gifts. You have been gifted to serve. 
What is your gift? How are you using it to serve? It's part of your shape. Secondly, H stands for heart. What, what is on your heart this morning? What do you care about? What motivates you? What causes your heart to beat and race that little bit faster? Another word for heart in this context is passion. What are you passionate about this morning? You see, there are certain issues and causes and people and situations that some of us care about more than others. Just a couple of weeks ago, someone contacted us and said they have a real heart for refugees and asylum seekers and wondered what could they do to serve them. Some people here have a real heart for children. There's a whole team of people next door upstairs who've got a real heart for kids and children's ministry and they long to share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ with kids during their formative years. Others here have a heart for the elderly. Others have a heart for the shut in. Others here have a heart for those with learning difficulties. And on and on we could go. But you know something? God wants us to serve him passionately, wholeheartedly. Because let's be honest, people rarely excel at tasks they don't enjoy doing or feel passionate about. But you see, when your heart is in something, then no one has to motivate you or challenge you. And you don't do it for credit. You don't do it for applause. You do it because you love to serve in this way. We have been shaped to serve and God has wired us in certain ways and therefore figure out what you love to do. Recognize what is it that God has given me a heart for and then do it for his glory. Now I know there are times whenever all of us need to step outside of our comfort zones and we need to sometimes step up and do certain things that we don't particularly want to do or like to do. So I'm not saying that you should only ever get involved or you should only ever volunteer for things that you're passionate about. And anyway, sometimes you only discover and get a heart for something and someone as you get involved in that sphere of service. But the key thing I'm saying is this. Listen to your God-given heart and sense what are the areas that God has given me a passion for. Because that is part of the shape of you. S, spiritual gifts. H, heart. A, abilities. What are you good at? What are you good at? What, what can you do? All of us have different abilities and skills. Many of those are kind of natural talents that we're born with and you have developed them over time and practice. So, so some people here have a natural ability with words. Others with numbers. Some have a natural athletic ability. Others are musical. And again, on and on we could go, but all our abilities come from God. And we can and we should use them to serve God and others in his church and in his kingdom. Sad thing is that many of our abilities lie dormant. Or untapped or unrecognized or on or underused. And you know, as you read scripture, you discover lots of people using their different God-given abilities to serve him and for his glory. Here's just a list, and these are just examples. As you read scripture, you discover you come across people who have an artistic ability. Way back early on, as God was constructing the temple and the utensils, he looked for craftsmen who he said had skill and ability to do those kind of things. Bible also talks about architectural ability, boat making, debating, designing, engraving, farming, fishing, sailing, writing poetry, 
And on and on it goes. In Deuteronomy 8, we read that God gives some people the ability to make money, to produce wealth. So if you have a business ability, use it for God's glory. And so many people in this place, and I thank God for it, so many people in this place are using their abilities, using their skills to voluntarily serve God, whether that's from Barry, our treasurer, with his financial capabilities, to Liam, our bass guitar player this morning, who's using his musical ability. What are you good at? What are you able to do? Use your abilities to serve and to volunteer and to get involved. P. P is for personality, and most of us have one. Uh, God God has created us with a unique combination of personality traits. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. Some of us love routine. Others struggle with any kind of structure. Some of us work best on our own. Others need to be part of a team. Some of us are analytical thinkers. Others are creative right brain types. Some of us are INFJ or ESTP or one of these 16 personality types and there are other tests available. But the point is this, God uses all types of personalities. Consider the 12 disciples. And if at time I'd love to do this, consider the 12 disciples and their different personality types. But all of them came together to kind of bring balance and richness to the ministry of Jesus. And you know, like stained glass, our different personalities reflect God's light in many colors and in many patterns. And when you serve in a manner that is consistent with your personality, you're far more likely to enjoy it and be effective and be fruitful. Spiritual gifts. We're gifted to serve. How are you using your gifts to serve? Heart, what are you passionate about? How are you involved in serving God and others with what you're passionate about? Your abilities, what can you do? What are you able to do? What are you doing? Your personality, do things. Get involved in things that match your personality. And then finally, E. E is for experience. You know, all of us have been shaped by our experiences of life and in life. And many of those experiences have been allowed and used by God to mold and fashion us into the people we are. So we've got family experiences, we've got educational experiences, we've got vocational experiences, we've got spiritual experiences, we've got ministry experiences, we've got painful experiences. And you know, depending and based on your experiences, whether those are good or difficult, you are better placed to serve God. Even out of painful experiences, we can minister most effectively to other people. So, for example, again, to quote Scripture, God comforts us in our troubles. Why does God comfort us in our troubles, according to God's Word? So that we can comfort others. What will you and I do with our life experiences to further serve God and others in this place and beyond? I do need to finish. Five ways God has shaped you for service. This is not a perfect science. Many of these factors and certain ones overlap with each other, but you have been created, uniquely designed, shaped in Christ Jesus to do good works, to do works of service, to serve, plus you have an example to follow in Jesus. And so let me encourage you to use your God-given shape to serve 
and to volunteer in the many opportunities that are available here at Windsor and beyond. And if you want to volunteer, and if you want to discover what opportunities there are available here, and there are lots of them, then please speak to me afterwards. Consider the shape of you.